Yo, what's good? Welcome to Counter Currents. This is your host, Petey Steele. And Elena Torres. I'm back, baby. And today, Bomb. we've got an amazing guest. Please welcome the very funny Alan Strickland-Williams. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for doing this. Of course. So, you've been headlining Draft House mm -hmm. all weekend mm -hmm. here in D.C. Uh, how the show's been going? Been going great. This is a great club. Um, I'm really happy to be here. I was just talking to Miranda about how um, there's just like not a bad seat in the house and it's uh -huh. intimate. And so it doesn't need to be like a huge, like I, I keep, I, I'm just very, it's just, it's always nice when you can just have like, you don't have it to sometimes, sometimes some places have to be absolutely packed for it to work. Yeah. And this is one of those places where it's like the laughter really carries. So it's, it's, it's been good. It's been really fun. That's yeah. awesome. I can't help but notice. What are these things called? These? Bolo, bolo tie. Bolo tie. Yeah, is yeah. that what they're called? Yeah. Is that, are you from somewhere where that's a thing or is that just a, a style choice that you made? Or? Uh, it's a, I'm from bolo. No, it's uh, <laughs> it, I, I got, I, I think, yeah, they're big in like the Southwest, which I'm in LA, I guess technically is the Southwest, but I got it in Arizona or New Mexico or something. And, um, it's just easier than doing a real tie. For and sure. it still looks kind of classy. And yeah. Especially with the long hair. I feel like it's kind of like a thing. Yeah. Is it your trademark thing? Like every night a bolo? Not or? a bolo. I do I do try to dress a little nicer. Yeah. Um, especially, especially at a show that with a paying crowd, like right. such as this. Um, but I packed one tie and I packed a bolo and I started to work on the tie today and I was like, I don't want to tie a tie. I just want to fucking right. throw yeah, this yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Hell yeah, turquoise too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, anyone, pop. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I like it. <laughs> Color pop. Because, I don't know, we've talked a lot on this podcast about how presentation is really sure. important on I, stage. I, like, I believe in that. I'm a huge believer in that. And having a look, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Like, if nothing else, it doesn't necessarily have to be a suit and a tie, but just having something yeah. memorable. Something that kind of matches with your voice, too, I yeah. think is pretty important. And yeah. so, yeah, like, you know, a lot of the stuff I talk about is sort of like party, like, you know stuff so i feel mm -hmm. like this look is kind of like appropriate for it right uh, <laughs> did you used to go to parties wearing bolos and blazers and oh yeah yeah i mean i've this has been i've been i guess i've been cultivating this style for um my whole life really uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> so so how long ago did you start comedy and did you start in la or? i started in la um i started in 2010 um i got i'd done a little bit of comedy before then i was in a sketch comedy group in college and every once in a while, there'd be like these little sort of stand-up type shows. And did you go to college in L.A. also? I went to college in upstate New York. Okay. Um, but then I graduated and moved to L.A. And eventually, um, I didn't really know what to do. I wanted to write. And someone told me, I forget who it was, but someone was like, hey, um, no one's going to hire you as a writer right now because you don't have any samples and no one knows who you are do stand up because you'll learn how to write a joke and you'll learn what your voice is through that and then move on to writing. And I, I have done some, I've done writing things as well, but really that did just set me down the path of like, I did, I started doing it and I was, you know, not good, but good enough to keep trying. Right. And then, you know, if you have enough of that going for a couple of years, then you're like, Oh, I have like 15 minutes of good shit or whatever. Right. Um, so yeah, so I started out there you know, in LA and, Something that we've asked some people that have started in New York or L.A., not that many people on this podcast have actually started in L.A. What was it like? Because from my impression from going and just doing stand-up in L.A., it's like the hardest city in the country pretty, to get time. It's pretty rough. Um, like the story I kind of tell is um, I was on this show. It's called What's Up, Tiger Lily. It was a show that Maria Bamford started and then handed off to someone else. And it was like the best show in town at the time. And um it was my first time being booked on it. My first big booking at a show that wasn't like 
just in a coffee shop, you know? Right. And um, not that there's anything wrong with that, uh, but <laughs> I... Uh, no, I, we all start doing those shows. I did. I was. I had this show, and I was on it, and all my friends came, and I was wearing my little suit and tie, and um, I got bumped by Howard Kramer. I don't know if you know who that is, yeah, but yeah. yeah mm-hmm. So I got bumped by Howard Kramer. While Howard Kramer's on stage, Mark Marin shows up. I get bumped Shh. by Mark Marin. Then, while Mark Marin's on stage, Louis C.K. shows up. I get bumped by Louis C.K. Wow. Louis C.K. does like forty-five minutes, <gasps> and then I went up. And thankfully, you went. You went, you followed, followed Louis C.K. Yeah, I followed all. I followed all that, and the whole time I'm like, I'm gonna puke my guts out. Like I'm yeah. getting more and more nervous. It's like a cartoon. Like, and then Bill Cot. Like it's just <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like they're bringing people back from the dead. <laughs> yeah, if I can go up. Um, Richard but, Pryor. Richard Pryor. <laughs> yeah. I'm like fuck. Um, but it went really well. Like it was a great, wow. like, like it, it, I, I like said the right thing and dealt with it the right way. And just did my fight. And also after someone does 45 minutes, I did a fast little set and got out of there. But, mm-hmm. um, but that, that's pretty much what it, it's like. You're, you're on, there's huge names on these shows with you. Right. And you know, it's intimidating, but I do think there's some truth to, rising to the occasion and totally. you're like on the shoulders of giants i'm being a little too philosophical right now but no that's but, real but you know what yeah. i mean like yeah. it, like it kind of forces you it's like fuck i gotta get like good at this yeah um so yeah so it, you know i i sometimes have the jealousy of like you know i go to i like to go to denver a lot denver is probably the place i've performed the most outside of los angeles um and sometimes i'm envious of the fact that like people get to really cultivate without that sort of pressure, pressure and everything yeah. but mm-hmm. this is the way i did it so it's like whatever right. and and then also i'm like you know it does look like to i've seen very few cases of people moving to la i don't really know the situation in new york but of people moving to la and immediately starting to get booked in town and find work and etc cetera, etc cetera. like a lot of times it seems like a, you have to take a little bit of a step back especially if you are very prominent mm-hmm. in another Absolutely. city so i'm like well I and I might never be hot shit in L.A., but I'm fairly well known. I think no. I can say that. All uh, the right. critics love you in D.C. And, then, yeah. and, and and so it's like it's one of those things. Where I'm like, well, this was just the way it worked out for me. Like, I'm not going to mm-hmm. worry about it too much. Right. Yeah. Right. And so is that how you started sort of getting opportunities in L.A.? Is that bigger names saw you and then started helping you with other shows it's it's more of the fact that you meet i feel like the thing about stand-up even though it's a pretty isolated thing and when you're doing it you're unless you're you know a duo act you're on stage by yourself but i do think that there's a very strong sense of community even if it's a fucked up one sometimes but for sure that's what i that's what i (laughs) when, when i sort of started meeting my friends and my people and and right. people I'm like, oh, we should write together. We should work on stuff together. Sure. And that led to maybe making some sketches and that mm-hmm. led to selling a script. And then, you know, or you run a show with someone and then you make context through that. It's like I feel like it. that's sort of um, it's more of like your peers more than anything else that kind of like help you and guide you and mm-hmm. give you inspiration too, as cheesy as that sounds. Do you feel like you've had with those peers sort of like one event that was your sort of break in stand-up? I mean, nobody really feels, unless you're Louis C.K., like you've had a break, but yeah. what was a career-changing moment I mean, for it, you? It, it's, it's not, it definitely was not what 
the level of doing late night used to be, but doing Conan for right. the first time was really, really, I, I mean, I, I, I've been very blessed and I'm very grateful for the opportunities I've had. The half hour was amazing too, but doing that first Conan legitimizes you that it's the first thing where it's like, Oh, now it's not just a hobby. Yeah. Now it's like, Oh, I got to really try to do this and try to do more of this. Right. That sort of, I think was the big change. At least I don't know. And I, I did kind of start to get booked a lot more mm-hmm. at, right after that. Like that opened up yeah, the club yeah. world. The club world, I'd maybe done like featuring maybe once or twice at clubs before that. Then I got the opportunity to start featuring and headlining more like that year and the year after. So that I think was probably externally and internally the biggest like, hey, we've we've entered new territory. Stoked the flame. Right. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, like sometimes I think it interesting how – you know, anytime I'll get like a new little accolade or whatever, you become a f- club feature, mm-hmm. or you go out of town or people pay you money, whatever the fuck. You're like, oh, yeah, this is going to be the thing that changes, you know, my thing. Never. And it never happens. Like yeah. That, you know, and then it gets even harder. Yeah. I feel like the, I feel like I've had to learn that, too. And even with money, too, it's like you'll get a big check or whatever. And it's like that money's not going to last forever. That's right. and, and so it's like I always just try to be like grateful and i'm not trying to look down on anything i'm extremely grateful and extremely happy for the opportunities i've been given but it it does get to the point sometimes where i'm like this could all go away like that Mm -hmm. like anything could happen enjoy it don't try you're doing it There, there is no like one day i'm sure most people these days don't feel like one thing altered their entire I maybe the maybe that you know you used to do Carson you go over to the right, couch right. and it's like bam you're star, but right. um I just don't think that that's how it works anymore. I feel like you got to do a ton of little things and then people kind of start to know who you are. Yeah. And then one day you wake up and you're like oh shit I have my own show or like whatever yeah. I'm yeah. in a movie and then it kind of maybe that I feel like the things that really make or break you, you're already at the high level. Right. It's just you're like in the Judd Apatow movie mm-hmm. now or you're yeah. you know whatever. It's like a yeah. confluence of a lot of yes, things. Yes, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. You feel like you're on a new plane and then, yeah, what have you. That's great. So, wait, did you say you're originally from where? I grew up in Florida. Oh, really? Yeah. I was born in Miami. Where are you from? I'm, I'm from outside Jacksonville. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, I lived there, high school, and then left for college and immediately moved to L.A. after college. Wow, nice. it's yeah. kind of an interesting trajectory. So, what from Florida makes you say I'm going to go freeze my dick off in upstate New York? <laughs> well, I you go ju- from sunny to SUNY. What the I, fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, <laughs> New Paltz reference. Yeah. Uh, hey. uh, I went. You know, I I wish that I had applied west instead of north to college mm-hmm. because the weather kicked my fucking ass. But my whole mo was I was like. I'm getting into the school that's the furthest away from got Florida. It. Like that you. was my thing. And I just, I didn't apply to anything west of Mississippi because I didn't really know that world. Right. Um, but that was my, it's like, it's like when they have to get back to the earth by slingshotting around the moon. Yes. I, yes, I yeah. had to go to upstate New York <laughs> yeah. to get to LA. Armageddon. That's yeah. where that's from. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's great. So, you got up there. Now, did you do any comedy upstate New York? I was in a sketch group. sketch group. I was okay. in a I was in a pretty college level sketch group, but we had fun and it did. You know, I wrote a lot and it taught me a little bit about being on stage. 
but then it wasn't until LA that I really started doing stand up and and doing open mics every night and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you still do you value writing the same way that you did sort of when you moved and you wanted to do it or now you much more into like I've a stand you know a lot of stand ups are like stand up purists you I, know I've, what I mean I've always viewed myself as a writer and I feel like a lot of people still do um that actually used to be my big I don't know if you'd call it a complaint, but maybe a critique in my early years was there like, you look like a writer who's doing, and I think I've broken away from that. I think I've gotten better at being a performer and everything, but in my mind, I'm still waiting for that writing job to just like put me in a room and let me write jokes all day. Right. Um, But that being said, you have a show like the one I just had here and I'm like, fuck, stand-up's fun. But the yeah, problem is- Yeah, that was packed. Oh, it was great. It was great. It was a great crowd. Everything worked. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it was just like- one of those great nights and then but they're not all like that <laughs> right right that's one thing where i think that it's hard for stand-up comedians to have that much ego mm-hmm. because e- when your ego gets inflated no matter who you are yeah there's just some moment where the audience is kind of like fuck you that yeah isn't you, funny. You, you can't win them all you know yeah um and that's one thing that i kind of like you know i I do the I do writing. I'm I'm actually working on a show right now, and then I have a pretty healthy stand up um, schedule, mm-hmm. and it's really nice because I don't really get to be too sick of either of them. That's um, great. There's always something else to focus on, and if one thing's annoying me, I can dive more into the other thing. And I I've kind of like I wouldn't mind having that sort of dynamic for my whole career, really. Sure. Right. Um, but yeah, I'd see. I mean, and the people that do become the pure stand-ups. Mm-hmm. They are those stand-up purists. I don't think I'm really exactly right. have that mentality. Um, yeah, because some people you ask them like, oh, you got a TV credit. That's great for your stand-up career. Mm-hmm. Whereas other people, they're like, oh, I got a TV credit, so now I can do more TV. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, or I get a writing right. job or right, whatever. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So this is something that we ask people. And obviously the answer is both. But what do you think is more important Neither. Yeah. What do you think is more important to make a great stand-up comedian? Just performance or writing? Like, I, if you get up and your writing is great, but the delivery is okay, are you a better stand-up if you do that? Or if your performance is amazing, but your writing just isn't there? I think that it's just the doing it. So I guess the an- I guess the answer is actually, for me, I'd say performance because... That is right. You're writing on stage. Like right. I, yeah. at least like even I'm a pretty, you know, it took me it took me a year to look up off my note card at the crowd. Like it took me six months to take the microphone out of the stand. Like it took a long way for me to get to the point where I feel like a pretty competent performer. Mm-hmm. But that is writing like yeah. the way that you mm-hmm. perform things, the way that you what what syllable you stress what you put at the beginning of the end, like. You can do that stuff on stage too. And so I feel like it's like you just do it over and over and over again. And even if you never yeah. feel, you know. I know what you mean. Like sometimes I'll feel like I'm narrating a book. Like yeah. it goes on autopilot yeah. or yeah. something. And I'm doing a voiceover. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. yeah. And I'll, I'll like leave yeah. my body sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Me too. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Or, or you're like thinking like three or four jokes ahead. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like you're telling one thing and you're like, okay, how is this going to lead into the next one? And then I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, like there's something I did on stage today that I was like, excuse me, I was like, oh, please remember that. Like write it down yeah. right when you get off stage so that you can remember to do it next time and yeah, next time. And yeah, I, yeah. So I was like, and I even said it out, out after the joke. I was like, oh, I never done that before. That like, and it really worked. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I, I wasn't, I wasn't saying that to call it out. I was saying that to like 
Remember it, yeah. stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you get in like a fugue state. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you're a nom or something. Or yeah. Like as long as I'm leaving a body count, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to say, I mean, you, you definitely look like a writer. Like you look like you, you know, eat healthy and take regular walks. <laughs> like you have a physical stature. That's a compliment. I wish I could do those habits. And I've tried to get Petey to yeah. do those habits. <laughs> yeah, I'm a piece of shit like that. But, um... <laughs> don't worry looks can be deceiving <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so um alan what do you got coming up um let's see i've got um dates in portland at the funhouse lounge i'm doing um july i'm sorry uh march 20th and march 21st um Besides that, I'm working on this show, but we're still, it's still very much in development. So it's I was going to say, do we get to know what it is we, or anything about it? it, it it's, I can definitely tell you what it is. It's called Unmatched. It's about a world where a dating app is the most powerful company in the world. They match you with your perfect soulmate. And mm -hmm. it's about how the algorithm doesn't work for 3% of the population who is doing like non monogamy and polyamory and basically just fucking a lot, okay. trying to make it through this wow. world that's built entirely for monogamy. Okay. So that's the show, and we're trying to get you know them to order more scripts and then eventually to make it. But um, that's sort of working on that, and then you know stand updates and everything's at on alanstricklandwilliams.com, and I'm totally Alan on all the Twitter and Facebook. That was going to be our next question. You yeah. beat us to totally Alan on totally on Alan A L L E N. Mm -hmm. I post about everything there constantly to the point where you'll be mad you followed me. But um, <laughs> but yeah, if you want to know, that's where it is. And we've got some upcoming dates here at the Draft House Comedy Theater. Adam, Kate, and Holland from the Grawlix Tragedy Plus Time and Conan. Adam's on, great. Yeah, fantastic. On February 14th, so take your girl. And hey, you know what? You got a chance, three of you, to take your date or respective other to a... Alan Kate not uh, Adam three Kate. three name three name attack yeah yeah yeah, yeah three name attack um and just follow us on counter currents and and Twitter. like something like comment something. especially if your comments like oh my god Elena you look so great after having a baby then you'll definitely get <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and and you do and Thank you. <laughs> uh, also just come to the draft house this venue is fucking great. It is. It's a good club. Like you, you heard it here first, guys. Everyone's been really, and I met someone I met last night. Said that like they just been coming pretty much at least once or twice a month for a while just to see whoever's in town because they just trust it at this point. So oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. They're the best. That's and, awesome. Um, well, if you're listening to this, that person is a fan. You know, you can just yeah. comment on our shit and. You can come for free. You don't Any praise pay. from someone with three names is superlative. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, and at the Arlington Cinema Draft House, the same weekend, the 14th and 15th, live from a fairly normal podcast, NBC and After Lately, we got the main man, Josh Wolf, opening 7.30 nice. and 10, the 14th, 7 and 9.30 on the 15th. And again, same deal applies for liking our fan pages and having a chance to win some Valentine's Day tickets. It's you and your boo. Um, and to follow me, Petey Steele, Steelborn DC on Instagram and Twitter and Elena. Uh, you can follow me at Elena Blondita on Instagram. That's where I mostly live. Uh, the baby content is minimal. Don't worry. <laughs> it's mostly comedy. Uh, <laughs> you can follow me, Elena Torres, and everything else on Facebook and Twitter. It's just Elena Torres and Elena Blondita on Instagram. 
Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Alan. Thanks for, for having me. Yeah. Us. And, uh, we'll Thanks catch for you doing next this. Time. Bye, Peace. everybody. Bye.